0: Welcome to the Hereby called podcast, where we focus on preparing the called and reminding the returned by sharing life-changing experiences from serving the Lord. Sit back and relax because you're listening to the best podcast of this dispensation.
1: Um, At the end of my tour, I just like had this surge of the Spirit come through me. I don't know how to describe it, Um, but I just... I I told them, I don't know what your beliefs are, if you even believe in a God, but I just want to tell you all that, you know, we do have a God and he's our heavenly father. And whatever you want to know or whatever you need, he's there for you guys. And and a lot of them really connected with that and and thanked me after. And I thought, oh, that was kind of bold of me. I can't believe I did that, Um, which happened a lot of my mission.
2: Welcome back. It's Jordan and Zach, and today we have Alex Schmidt, who's Christian's wife, and we have Christian, who served in the Democratic Republic of Congo Kinshasa mission with us today. Christian, you mind introducing your wife? Okay, so this is Alex, and she is my wife.
3: And, uh, <laughs> nice. uh, Hi. Uh, we we kind of, we I kind of talked about her on my on my podcast. Um, we met at high school. Uh, we both served missions, came home from our missions, and got married uh, six years ago. And um, yeah, back back on our podcast, we were talking about the value of mission. I brought up how she served her mission, and then um, she served in. She'll talk about where she served, but I thought it was very. It would be a sweet opportunity to discuss that mission, especially now when there's such a great emphasis and focus on the restoration and uh, and Joseph Smith, and because uh, she served
2: right there. So yeah, absolutely excited to hear yeah, about this. Is perfect timing with conference and everything. So Alex. What was the official name of your mission?
1: The New York Rochester Mission.
2: And what were you always planning to serve a mission?
1: No, I wasn't. I wasn't at all.
2: What what, (laughs) what made you want to go?
1: I think in high school I had, just like in seminary and stuff, I had a few thoughts to go at some point, but I was like, yeah, no. And then Christian left on his mission, and I thought, I'm going to finish school, and I was studying dance at MCC and ASU. And so I didn't want to leave that because it was like my passion and I really liked it. Uh And, um, so kind of interestingly enough, I was watching conference and I had this really strong prompting to serve a mission and it just came out of the blue. It felt like, (laughs) and, um, I really suppressed it. I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go. Like, I don't feel like I'm the most spiritual person. I don't feel adequate to do something like that, but it kept coming and coming. And it got to the point where I couldn't relax. Like I would be home sitting, trying to watch my favorite TV show. And I was like antsy and I, oh, really? (laughs) yeah, it was like, I couldn't relax. And so at one point I was folding laundry in my room and I was still living at home with my parents. And it was so crazy. My mom is She just has the best spiritual promptings as a mother. She's so cool that way. But she came into my room and kind of popped around the corner and she was like, how are you doing? And I was like, you know, good, mom. (laughs) (laughs) And she went, you need to serve a mission, don't you? Out of the way she said that to me. And I was like, how did you know? (laughs) How did you know? So at that point I went and met with my bishop and, and uh, Bishop Peterson, he was the coolest and he, <laughs> he goes, okay, so you want to turn your papers in? Have you prayed about this? And I was like, no.
0: Oh, wow. <laughs>
1: and he was like, go home and pray about it. And I was like, I already know the answer. <laughs> so I went home and prayed about it and got a second confirmation. I was like, yeah, I need to do this. So in,
2: in this yeah. conference that you were listening to, was it the historic like age change conference or, mm-hmm. okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Wait, that was the year. That was October
2: 2012, I believe.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. So, it was October
2: 2011
1: 2011 that I had the prompting to go. Wow. Yeah. So, I got my papers in at the end of the year, excuse me, and then, um, yeah, my mission call came at the end of January, and then I was gone by April.
0: So, from... Prompting to mission papers going in was about three months. Yeah. Wow, that's pretty quick. That's yeah. a huge turnaround for can, not expecting that. Yeah, at all. I can totally yeah. see the bishop going like, Uh, did you pray about this? Yeah. <laughs> no it seems a little uh <laughs> a little check. Seems a little
2: fast. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. Though. Yeah. You you mentioned when you were when you got the initial prompting that you were like, I'm not the most spiritual person mm-hmm. and I don't like what were some other concerns that you had going into the mission?
1: Um I hate to admit it. I was not the best scripture reader. I've never loved reading. I don't know if it's because I just am really active type person. So sitting down to like read is hard for me. And I was worried about that because I knew as missionaries, you study a lot. And luckily for me, I grew to love studies and I love to read. And I thought that was so crazy that I could change something my whole life. I hated reading as a kid. I just wasn't very good at it and didn't like it. And so I wasn't the best scripture reader because I would just get distracted and didn't really get a whole lot out of it. And so I am so grateful for my mission because it helped me learn how to get personal revelation from the scriptures and to love the scriptures. So, that's, yeah,
2: that's awesome. And I don't think that's a unique Concern. I don't know if anyone as a missionary, you study for like an hour, the scripture mm-hmm. straight, you can't start off that way. Like it starts like you get like five good minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. like, it's like a muscle you build up, but it's like, it's old English. Like it's hard. And you're like, what are they talking about? Like what's going on? Yeah. Right?
1: I don't know. I just feel like before the mission, I, I was a good person. I was doing good things. Um, but I could have been better. And, and so I always joke with people and I say, I feel like heavenly father, sent me on my mission to kind of whip me into shape to be a better version of myself, so... That's why I'm grateful for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's <laughs> really that's uh, that happens sometimes. Yeah. Now, do you have any older brothers or sisters that went on missions? Uh,
1: uh-uh, I was the first. So
0: you were the first. Yeah. Wow. Well, so you're little trailblazer yeah. within the family. Yeah. That's cool.
1: So I do have an older brother, but he passed away when I was a teenager. Oh, I'm sorry. So yeah, so that's a he kind of was on a mission first because of where he is yeah, in spirit I, world did. and all that. But Other side. Yeah. So I had a lot of cool experiences that way too, where I thought I don't know what to do, and I was like, okay, my brother's name is Lance. I was like, all right, Lance, like. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) If you're around, like, I know you're doing missionary work, too, on the other side, so help me out here. (laughs) That's cool. So, yeah, yeah. really close to the spirit that way.
2: So what was the MTC like for you? Because your mission... If I understand it right, your mission, was it just proselytizing or church history as well? Or mm-hmm. wh- what was like the technical call of your mission?
1: Okay, so my call said um, New York Rochester Mission and then the Hill Visitor Center as well on my call. So for three weeks in the MTC, we did normal MTC training. And then we had one week of visitor center training. Um And they took us up to Temple Square, like a big busload of sisters. We would go up to Temple Square and get... um paired up with uh, with a sister in temple square and practice how to do visitor center. So yeah, (laughs) it's kind of interesting.
2: Yeah. Preach. Like you go to the MTC mission training center and they teach you the fundamentals of preach my gospel. But Mm -hmm. what are like the lessons? Is it like how to present yourself or like, like, I don't know. What are, what are the fundamentals of?
1: It's really similar to preach my, preach my gospel training. Um, but you learn like, I don't know. Do they still do referral cards?
0: I'm sure they do in square. some capacity.
1: They really taught us how to like present the card and say, if you know of anybody uh-huh. that might be, or if you yourself want to learn more type thing and how they have displays and things. So yeah. they would teach us how to turn on the Christus um, in the Christus like the statue room, the audio, uh-huh. and then how to just kind of spiritually try to feel what the group or the person needed and, Things And so we always had a blue, a little hard bound blue Book of Mormon in our hand and it was our yeah. our site Book of Mormon uh-huh. and we would carry it with us everywhere so we could whip it open and share scriptures that we felt prompted to share or just really anything. So, That's cool.
0: So yeah. if you had to like, you know, 60-40 on your mission while you were out there, did you, was it 50-50 proselytizing in the visitor center or... How, how did that, how was that balanced?
1: So it depends on what area you're in. So okay. in our mission, our historic sites are in Palmyra and Fayette. Um, and so there's three in Palmyra, the Joseph Smith Farm, the Book of Mormon Publication Site, and the Hill Camorra Visitor Center. And then the Whitmer Farm is down in Fayette. So if you are proselyting in an area or a village close to Palmyra or close to Fayette, then you get more um shifts at a site.
0: Gotcha. So it's just, a, it's like, uh, it just depends. Yeah. It depends on your transfer, where you're transferred yeah. to. Yeah. Okay.
1: So my first area, I served just like 15 minutes away from Palmyra in a village called Newark and a few other villages up North by Lake Ontario. And, um, so because we were so close to Palmyra, we had a lot of sites there and then, um, or a lot of shifts there in Palmyra. And then, um, we went down to the Whitmer few times at that point because we were so far from Fayette. So, and then at one point in my mission, I went full proselyting where I was out by Buffalo. And so we were way too far from the site. So we just strictly did proselyting in our area.
0: Gotcha. Did you
2: prefer one to the other? Did they both kind of have like that are pros and cons or
1: yeah. Um, sometimes, (laughs) sometimes when you're at a site and you have investigators or people that you're kind of worried about or that you really are anxious to go teach so they don't lose that fire of you, you know, bringing the spirit and helping them feel that, um, it's hard to be at a site because you're worried about your area. And so, but then at the same time you're like, but I was called to serve at these sites and to strengthen the members and non members and people that come in. Um, and to teach them the restoration where it happened, which is so cool. (laughs) And so it's, it's a balance, I think, but um, just, it was hard some days fitting in our studies and then our shift at the sites and then also making sure that our investigators and less actives that we were working with recent converts that they didn't feel like we weren't.
0: Fellowshipping them. Yeah,
1: Yeah. 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 So sometimes it felt like a lot, but I liked it because Um, every day was different. Mm -hmm. Every day was different. We went to a different site every day. We saw different people in our area every day. So it didn't seem so like the same routine Monday and every day. And then at the same time, you have people from around the world coming to see these sites that you get to meet just neat, cool people and hear their stories. And so it was just a privilege. It was cool.
0: Yeah. Sounds cool. Nicole Chaffee Good. Mm -hmm. um, We just interviewed her, she was one of the first. Yeah. Well, when they switched from senior missionaries to the, the sisters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and she had talked about like a specific reverence towards certain locations on her mission, mm-hmm. certain sites. Did you have any one site that really like stood out to you or you just had some amazing spiritual experiences there?
1: Oh man. <laughs> I love all the sites so much. I think oddly enough, a lot of my most spiritual tours happened at the Book of Mormon publication site at the Grandin printing press, hmm. which seems strange.
0: And that's like a, a teeny tiny building, right? It's tiny. It's like eight by eight or something it's like that. Tiny.
1: Yeah. It's so small. And the, what the church has done is they've basically built a building around the original building. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So like you go inside of the, the door and you see like a brick wall and a opening to like a bookshop. Huh. And so it's really cool the way that they've done it and preserved it.
0: So and what so, what made that area so special to you?
1: Oh, I don't know. I think just thinking about, um, just all the work that was put into, to the book of Mormon and on my mission, I had this thought of like, okay, Nephi and all the, you know, the prophets making these plates to like etch into them what they need to and how long and hard that must've been. And then. And I would think about like Mormon and him trying to read all of that stuff and try and figure out. Like, what let's would, summarize. What's, yeah, what's like good, what's, not, what's or... the most important? What do the the people in the future need to read in this you know book? And then Moroni guarding it with his life and trying to figure out where to bury it so that later it could be brought forth. And then all the things that Joseph went through and the persecution and. Even just when he went to go get the plates from the Hill Kimora, he had Emma with him. And then he thought, oh, I need to hide. the." Like he was nervous. You just the story is so, so crazy. And then when he finally went and got him to bring him home, he was like hit with the butt of a gun a few times. People were hiding in the woods trying to get it from him. He actually <laughs> he had to punch somebody holding the the gold plates in his arm really? and he got home and he was panting and and he realized that he dislocated his thumb on the way holding these plates <laughs> trying to get him home so I think about all of that happening and then I don't know how well you guys know the story but
2: I've been reading Saints recently so yes. all this it's awesome yes. they did such a good job oh
1: it's the best so that's what and then you think about just like them going to E.B. Grandin and him saying no I don't want to have anything to do with this and so they went to Rochester and other places to find a printing press and it just didn't feel right. So they went back to E.B. Grandin and E.B. Grandin said yes the second time, which is a miracle. And then Martin Harris had to mortgage his farm to pay for it. And then all those workers in that tiny, tiny hot room Trying to, um,
2: there's a fly attacking Alice's yeah, face right now. She's know. doing Sorry. a great job fighting it
1: anyway. <laughs> and then just like thinking about all those men working 12 hours a day for how long to get this book printed. It just made me so emotional to think all like through all time, like how much work was put into making sure we had this book. And mm-hmm. so every family that would come in, I'd be like, are you reading it? Because do you realize how many people worked so hard? to make sure we have it today. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, it would just get me really emotional thinking about all of that.
0: Yeah. That's awesome to think. And it kind of hit me this last general conference cause I, they, I can't remember who talked about it, but they had talked about the mortgaging the farm to mm-hmm. is how many, how many levels or layers of revelation are in that book. One, you have every single individual profit, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have, uh, Mormon, you know, and then, or, and then Moroni and then all these other, you know, forms of revelation to get it to the point and then Joseph Smith and then all the things that he had to go through mm-hmm. and then to, to, yeah, to have it right here in front of us and in our hands. And, and just like you said, are you reading it? So yeah. many people, yeah. so many lives, you know, yeah. were put at risk, uh, just for this little book.
1: Yeah. It's
0: an awesome
2: book. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what, what sites you served at the Grandin? press. What other, did you get to see the other sites as mm-hmm.
1: well? Yeah. So I served at the Joseph Smith farm and that one was really cool too. I think, um, I loved the sacred grove, but as a sister, you, you take your tours and you take them to the log home where the Smiths first lived and then you'd take them down Stafford road to the frame home and teach them about what happened there. And then there is the barn and the Cooper shop also. But after you show them those structures, you don't physically go with the groups to the sacred grove. You just kind of send them out on their own and tell them to, you know, pray and do whatever they want to have their sacred grove experience. That's awesome. So we didn't get to go in the sacred grove like all the time, which you would think we could, but we were so busy doing tours all the time that, so the, the times that we did get to go to the sacred grove are really, really special. And my mission president let us the first day, he let us be alone in the grove by ourselves for a while, our first day of the mission and the last day of your mission, which was cool to kind of have like a, like a little check-in with heavenly father at the beginning and the end, which was cool. Um, and then after the tour, um, tours that we would take, uh, by the barn in the Cooper shop and you send everyone to do their sacred grove. Mm-hmm. And um, you would have to walk all the way back up Stafford Road to the Welcome Center, is what we called it. And I loved that part of the tour, just feeling like. Just so, you and your companion. And- yeah, just feeling the peace that that the site had, I don't know, it just, just walking up and being out in nature and looking, you know, to your left and seeing the sacred grove. And then you would look to your right and see the Palmyra temple through the trees. It was just so, so cool.
0: I got a couple of quick questions. Are these original buildings or are they like kind of rest restored? Or? Uh-huh.
1: Okay. So the log home is a replica on the same, um, Yeah. Same foundation. So, uh, what the church did is they, um, they went in and they found where that foundation was and they did a, a dig archeological dig and they found artifacts and things like that. Um, that led them to know that that's where the Smith's log home was. And so they rebuilt that their same shape size everything there. And so my mission president, he was so cool. He would say, um, you know, this house isn't the original house, but it's the original airspace. And so when you would go up in the upstairs of that teeny log home um, where Angel Moroni appeared to I just got
0: goosebumps.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He would say, this is the airspace where Angel Moroni came. Like it's Wow! Was, I saw, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was so cool. So that one's not original, but it's in the same exact spot, and I think that that's so cool. And then, the frame home was the one that they built. Um, actually, Alvin Joe Smith's older brother that passed away, he built that home. Well, started to build it. He didn't finish it, but um, the family eventually finished it, and that one is original. Oh wow! So yeah, you go in and it's it. You can tell it smells old <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and there's a few of the handles on the doors that are original wow. and you walk in and the whitewash on some of the walls is original. Not all of it because over time, other families that moved it's been in
2: 200 years. Yeah. Yeah.
1: But some of the whitewash, they had to like dab it with a certain cleaner not even like wiping it to clean it they dabbed to get stuff off so that the original whitewash could be shown so
3: they have that they have that tree there too right
1: yeah um, yeah there's a tree right by the frame home and I don't know if this was our mission thing or an everybody thing, but we called it the Alvin tree. Um, and it's believed to be the tree that the Smiths planted to honor Alvin's life. Oh wow! I guess that was a custom at the time is when somebody passed away, you would plant a tree like for their life. And so it's still there and it's huge. It's huge.
0: Yeah. I'm a big history guy and my wife always makes fun of me. We went back to like Washington DC and just even like being like, this landscape is the same landscape that our founding Washington. fathers walked. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's like just, yeah. again, thinking about the airspace. So my next, I get goosebumps again thinking <laughs> about it. How far away is the Sacred Grove from where Joseph lived? Did he had to trek a little bit or is it just kind of like...
1: It's not far The at forest
0: all. right down the street.
1: It's literally so... Um, I don't even I don't even know if it's 100 yards it's probably oh, really? 100 yards yeah
0: Wow away. So yeah. if I understand correctly mom everybody's doing their chores mm-hmm. and like 100 150 yards away
1: yeah. Well, no, the, the father, grove is big. The oh, grove okay. is big. So I don't know. We don't know how far. How, how deep we, we don't
0: know the specific area either.
1: No, no, gotcha. but we don't know how deep you went into the sacred okay, grove, okay. but yeah. So, but the, like the start of the grove, there's a, so it's like their home. And then there's a Creek called Crooked Creek, which they used when they first moved there for like their water. And then they would trap animals and stuff that would come there to eat. And then, um, right after Crooked Creek is the Sacred Grove. So it's like the edge of it, the very edge of their property right wow. there. So, I yeah.
0: Jordan, you know, your mom has a jar of leaves. Yeah. From the Sacred, from the sacred Grove. Yeah. 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 So like everybody, that is, to me, it's just so awesome.
2: Yeah. Anyways. You, you <laughs> yeah. know so
0: much church history, like how, how,
2: where do you learn it all on your mission? Like I don't
1: know. Yeah. So instead of language, we did have some missionaries that spoke Spanish and other languages. Um, But for all of us, English speakers, um, instead of doing language study every day, we did like a history study. That is
0: so cool. And
1: so we had um, what they gave us site manuals. So the church put together site manuals for that site for us to study so that we would have all the little details and cool stories and memorized dates and things like that to tell people. And so every day for 30 minutes to an hour, depending we would study our site manuals and have all the information we needed. So you can imagine like coming out your first day or whatever, and you have a a shift at the sites and you're supposed to give a tour. That was so hard. The first, you know, Oh, I'm sure the first transfer I was like, I don't, how do I get I it's like,
0: it's it. like going, you know, you spoke French on your mission, right? Christian? Yeah. It's like going out and making street contact. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh-huh.
1: Yeah. So that's what it was hard at first. Cause you thought, Oh, I don't, I want to make sure they get a really good tour, but I don't know all of the date. I don't have the dates memorized yet. I yeah. don't have all the little details memorized yet, but it didn't matter because the spirit was so strong. And what's really cool is. Um, when people come into the site, sometimes you have this like feeling of like, I need to take them. I need to take them on tour. And it's like the spirit you're supposed to be with that group or whatever. And then something will happen and you'll connect somehow or, or just like the spirit will be so strong. And it's like, I needed that. They needed that. That was meant to be. That's the
2: the teach people, not lessons. Like There's a specific purpose for why you're Mm -hmm. Uh with that person.
0: Yeah. Now, when I think of like, the church historical sites, I think of like thousands and thousands of members of the church going Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of cool, you know, stories Um, we've heard about, you know, people gaining testimonies or a confirmation of a testimony uh, visiting historical sites. But was there ever like non members that would go? Yeah. And like that didn't know anything about it or Mm -hmm. how was that?
1: Yeah. So people in the area, um, would come in or sometimes we got people from Canada that would come down, um, to see it. And I always thought to myself, like, what brought you here? You know, it was kind of crazy. And I love taking non-members on tour because they don't know about Joseph Smith. They don't know about the Smith family. And so you literally teach them the first lesson and preach my gospel where it happened, Yeah, that's which so is cool. so cool to me that it just is, it's just crazy, and the spirit it gets so strong, and it's some of them recognize it, and some of them don't, and that's okay. Um, and I guess for the people that came in that didn't know a lot about our church, my goal was to show them that we were Christians, that we believed in Christ, and that mm-hmm. we, you know, were taught to love one another and to to serve, and just to show them who we are as members of the church, even if they didn't feel the spirit of the story of. Joseph yeah. and his family. I
0: think that's really cool that, you know, I think a lot of people have heard of the church and heard of Joseph Smith mm-hmm. and what he did. Like if you, you know, Google Joseph Smith or whatever, but you had a a chance to right any wrongs, mm-hmm. you know, that they might've heard yeah. and show them that you're Christians. But yeah. again, in the place that all this took place, yeah. which is really yeah. cool. It and was, it was cool. epic.
1: It was epic. And oh. that's what the proselyting areas were really hard. Um, A lot of missionaries sometimes don't even get baptisms there because the saints were driven from there. And so, people that have been there their whole lives and their ancestors have been there. There's one time we went up to this porch and this old man was on the porch, and we were like, "How are you doing today, sir?" And, <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, we know about you guys. We've heard about your Joe Smith and stuff." And we were like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> and so you get rejected a lot because people think they know.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's like the lamanized, like this built-in tradition. That yeah, we exactly. Don't we know why we hate them, but exactly. we're just <laughs> yeah, about this exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm so. getting at.
1: Yeah, and so, but the one really awesome thing was the. Hill pageant would kind of bring the community together because the church would invite um, different vendors and people to cook food and the um, Rotary Club and the Lions Club in the community would come and help with it. So it was a huge economy booster. And so even though they didn't really appreciate what we believe, they appreciated our church because of how the church helped their economy and their community and all the service that the preserves church Preserves the sites yeah. and everything. Yeah.
3: That's cool. She so. had, you had the chance to uh, take the cast
0: of the traveling cast of Okamorman. Of Mormon
1: yeah I did yeah
0: oh tell us about that and, uh, when you say book traveling cast is that like the play uh-huh. like the Broadway play yeah. mm-hmm. oh wow
1: yeah so the the Book of Mormon the musical Olaf right? was
0: in there <laughs> yeah. Ol- yes, uh, yes what's he his name was, what, did he come through no he's, uh-huh. he's part
1: of the cast on Broadway in he's New York big, oh,
0: okay I'm sorry I didn't mean to no. sidetrack but no
1: it's okay <laughs> we're watching Frozen a lot at home. Right <laughs> <now>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got a three-year-old girl so um, so yeah the traveling cast of the Book of Mormon musical came through the sites and I thought that was really interesting. They were doing a show in Rochester. So they came to see the sites and I happened to be like the mission president and the the sisters that make up the schedule for the sites. They don't plan for these things to happen. So you just are where you are that day and whoever shows up. And so um, I happened to be at the Book Mormon publication site that day. And so I got to take them on tour and teach them about um how the book of mormon was printed and published and sold and and all that and and it was such a cool experience and just coming from a performing background as a dancer it was fun talking to them about kind of their jobs and stuff so i really kind of connected with these people and um at the end of my tour i just like had this surge of the spirit come through me i don't know how else to describe it um but i just i i told them i'm trying to remember what i said I think I said something to the point of, I don't know what your beliefs are, if you even believe in a God, but I just want to tell you all that, you know, we do have a God and he's our heavenly father and whatever you want to know or whatever you need, he's there for you guys. And and a lot of them really connected with that and, and thanked me after. And I thought, oh, that was kind of bold of me. <laughs> I can't believe I did that, um, which happened a lot of my mission, a lot of those bold moments where you're like, wow why did that come out of me? But that was supposed to happen. And, and I guess afterwards we, um, we missionaries that served at the sites had a site meeting once a week where we would have like a training or a fireside, um, just to get more knowledge about the sites so that we could give good tours. And at our site meeting, our mission president told us that a lot of them after commented how they felt kind of bad that they were making fun
2: yeah, yeah, I was going to say, uh, like, cause their musical is all about mocking
0: yes, the church music. There's a certain yeah. level of irreverence.
1: Yes. And so they did their show in Rochester that night, um, and then they talked to one of the missionaries and um, told us, wow, like, now that we're, like, holding these, like, replica Book of Mormons in our hands and kind of wow. teasing about it. We feel kind of bad. And I guess one person referred himself to the missionaries. So, and a few people decided to take a Book of Mormon and wanted to read it out of that cast, wow. which was cool.
2: That was so cool. I was on my mission at the same time that that was happening. And it was the weirdest thing as a missionary to be like, people are like, is that your play? Is that, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so you have to like, kind of understand like what's going on, but the way the church spun it and that they started, the church started doing all these advertisements, mm-hmm. Right in Broadway, right next to like where the play was like, you, you saw the musical and I read the book and it led to so many baptisms. Like it was a really? huge, yeah, it was a yeah. huge, like, like yeah. Satan can try it way, and yeah. it still worked out <laughs> yeah. in our favor. So. Yeah.
1: I know we don't use the term like Mormon anymore, but back on my mission, we called it the Mormon moment because yeah, it was just huge and everyone was talking about it. And then on top of it, Mitt Romney was running for president yeah. And so it was like,
4: oh yeah, there
1: was so much attention and that's when we were handing out Mormon.org cards all the time and yeah, just cool. So, and then on top of it, they started on Mormon.org, you could chat with a missionary. So at the sites, if we weren't taking a tour and it was like a slower day, we would log into Mormon.org and anybody that logged in to ask missionaries a question or chat, we were on the other end teaching them on the computer. So
2: I always wondered who that was.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's the sisters <laughs> at the, at the visitor centers. That's awesome. Yeah.
2: So as, as you're at the sites, I know the church has other missionaries that aren't proselytizing that are not, not any missionaries, like senior couples that help mm-hmm. to preserve the sites and whatnot. Were there any, missionaries or, or volunteers that stuck out to you that maybe taught you a lesson at the sites?
1: So we were so lucky. We had so many senior couples in our mission that we got to engage with on a daily basis and they were a hoot. They were so, They're the best. <laughs> they were so fun and so funny and taught us so many things. And we were just really lucky that way. Um, but oddly enough, I think the person that taught me a lot. Um, his name is Robert Parrott, Bob Parrott. And, um, he is the keeper of the sacred grove in the Hilcomora forest. And, um, he is not a baptized member of the church. Really? No. President Higley hired him. Um, let's see, he had been doing it for uh, around 15 years, I think on my mission. So it's been 20 something years that he's been taking care of the grove. And he would take the sisters on a grove tour and he would talk to us about um, the trees and the way things grow and like if something is breaking and how he can fix it and just things like that. I don't remember all the details. And then he would kind of turn it into a spiritual lesson. And Bob has the strongest faith I've ever like witnessed. He is so cool. And he talks about the Smith family, like, just the way he talks about them in such reverence and respect, um, is the coolest thing. And he knows that heavenly father and Jesus Christ appeared to Joseph Smith there. He believes everything. And so why he's not baptized, I don't know. (laughs) I think a lot of missionaries have tried to get him baptized, but, um, yeah, he's just, he taught me so much just, you know, about the Grove and the history of the Grove and how at one point the church like cleared everything and made it kind of like a park where it was like grass and just the big trees were there. And, and so what Bob did was he basically was hired to take the Grove back to what it would look like when the Smiths were there. And it's just beautiful. So.
2: That's interesting that he's not baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get you one day, Bob. I
4: know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was know. gonna say
0: it's gonna be like a like a, a parade or something. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Everybody's gonna everybody's gonna go back. The Book and of Mormon yeah. Castle come out. <laughs> of it.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. No, he's the coolest guy. I've I've felt you know just privileged to be his friend and to learn from him.
0: Yeah, and I think it's it's also important to note that like throughout your life, not only on your mission, you learn so much from people that aren't necessarily of our faith, but mm-hmm. believe in heavenly father, yes. believe in God. There's so much to learn from how other people respect their heavenly father and, and have a belief in him. And, you know, the, Jordan always says team Jesus, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Always. Yeah, team Jesus.
1: So story about that. Um, my companion and I were driving in the snow and, um, it was really getting, hard to see. And there's a branch from a tree that had fallen from a tree, Well, we didn't see it till like last minute. And so she kind of tried to overcorrect and I Arizona kid. I don't (laughs) drive. So I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) We were driving a minivan too, which was really epic. We just
2: (laughs) looked so Those were nice. Yeah. Those were the best mission
1: vehicles. People
2: make fun of them. No, No. the minivan's sweet.
1: Automatic doors. (laughs) It was great. So anyways, we ended up in a ditch in the snow, like sideways in our van almost. Like we weren't completely Flat sideways, but like at a diagonal, and um, so we called the senior couple that um, we were by uh, Seneca Lake, which is where the girls' camp is. There for all of the areas for the church, so there's a senior couple that takes care of that girls' camp. So we called them. And we we're like, we're stuck in a ditch. And so their names are the Brinholds. So the Brinholds drive down, and he gets out this chain and then a rope, and Sister Brinhold like jumps in the ditch and starts digging the the snow out of the ditch. They were rocks stars these are like the coolest senior couple in their probably late 60s early 70s and they were just like digging the snow and trying to get the van out and this man drove by in his car and he was like let me help you and so he started helping us and we were so scared which seems kind of silly because we were just sitting in a car like in a snow bank pretty much tilted though and so somehow the van got out unscathed it was still a perfect beautiful van. And <laughs> and this sweet guy, his name was Phil. <laughs> we all were so like happy that we got the van out that we all just started hugging and you're not supposed to hug us <laughs> <as missionaries. laughs> And Phil hugged us and he was so happy to help us. And so um, we invited him to dinner at the Brian Holtz house um, at the girls' camp by the lake. And he lived in the area and we found out that they were um, evangelical. Uh evangelical priests or, um, yeah, so they, um, him and his wife were both priests in the evangelical something church. Anyways, we learned so much from them and they were not interested in our, you know, being taught by us by any means, but we learned so much from them and they were our dear friends after that happened. And so we would take them cinnamon rolls sometimes <laughs> or just, you know, stop, pop by and say, Hey. And, and so when I was getting transferred, I was like, we got to go to Phil and Polly's house. I need to get a picture with them <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> because they were our friends. And so I just loved that we could connect on that, that we were believers in Christ. And, and so it was cool to be friends with them.
0: Yeah. I think sometimes there's like this stigma that it's almost like they're, you're on a, a different team. Right. And you're like rivals and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. But in reality, it's like, once you get to know these people and know how much they love and respect their heavenly father, it's like, you know what? Yeah. You have to build off the common beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, so besides Phil,
2: we've talked a lot about your work at the sites. Were there any investigators that you're able to work with that you connected with?
1: Oh, so I was really, really lucky. um, I got to work with two uh, YSA girls that they weren't members yet, but um, they had just graduated from high school. Um, the first one, her name is Lindsay, and um, she was just the coolest, and I really connected with her because she kind of she grew up dancing like me, and her dad took her out hunting like I did, and and things like that. And so her and I really connected. Um, and then the other, her name was Leah, and she was just the sweetest and just the best person. But I think, um, oddly enough, my my investigator that I clicked with a lot, his name was Jim, and he was a seventy-two-year-old man. And um he was like our grandpa. He was the sweetest. His (laughs) his, he always had a table in his house with Ziploc bags and the table was full of candy jars. And so every time we left he'd be like, Okay, take your bag of candy. (laughs) He was so (laughs) nice. Yeah, he was the coolest, sweetest man. And um he he just cracked me up all the time. We were always laughing because he didn't like to get emotional. So when the spirit would get really strong when we were teaching him, he would like crack a joke somehow. <laughs> stop yeah, like coffee. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> to stop himself from crying. Oh. And at first that bothered me. And I was like, come on, Jim, just, fill it, just let it go. And, but he just, that wasn't his personality. He was just a crack up. He made us laugh so much. And, um, yeah, that's what he just, he told us, I want to finish reading the book of Mormon before I get baptized. And then he ended up finishing it way before cause he would stay up late reading it and stuff. And nice. yeah, he was just like our little grandpa. At one point we went to go visit him and teach him a, one of his new recent convert lessons. Uh-huh. And, um, we showed up on the porch and he brings out little ice cream sundaes in like legit like glass, tall glass jars with like a cherry on top. <laughs> he was just the best best guy. Spent
2: like a half hour scooping it <laughs> out. Yeah. Slowly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. He was just so fun.
2: And he ended up getting baptized. Yeah. Yeah. Was he from that area? Yeah. What so yeah. He, he grew up hearing about the church his whole life or
1: um I'm trying to think if he grew up in New York. He had family in Indiana, so I don't know. I can't remember where he's from, but he had lived there for a really long time. So, yeah, he like knew about it. And I guess how I didn't contact him. I I was transferred in and started teaching him mm-hmm. after he was already learning. And um, he was contacted at a Taco Bell. <laughs> and I so guess they were. Missionaries are there. Quite yeah. A bit. yeah. <laughs> and so he he turned he was in line in front of the sisters at the time and he turned around because the line was kind of long and he was like man, this place is just gourmet. That's why we're all waiting here in this long old line. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was just like a funny joke that Jim would crack and the sister started talking to him and he decided that he wanted to learn more. So, yeah. Taco
2: Bell commerce. Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing.
1: The best.
2: <laughs> you never know. So the Hill Cumorah pageant, this is the last year they're doing it. Yeah. Did you ever get the opportunity to participate in that?
1: Uh-huh. So... I was really lucky. The timing of me getting out on the mission every summer, they need um, six sisters to train the cast on how to do missionary work. In the audience, Mm -hmm. we called it the bowl because at the Hill Kamora, it's a really steep, steep hill. And then it kind of like goes out into like a bowl shaped field. And that's where the audience Mm -hmm. is sitting. Yeah. And so what we do is we have these PowerPoint presentations and we do role plays and all the things with the cast to kind of teach them how to go out and talk to people and ask them if they want to learn more type thing. And so the six sister missionaries, it's usually you have to be there for two summers so, I got there in April. So, I was there for two summers. And so, my trainer and I were both cast trainers. And then there were two other companionships, and that was the six of us. And so, we were so, so lucky. We got to eat dinner with the cast. We got to train them, obviously. And then we saw some of their rehearsals. We got to see when they arrive at the Hill Cumora, the like staff there and the pageant presidency, they don't know who's going to play a Jesus Christ. um, Oh, wow. King... You know no. They don't know anybody. They don't know who anybody's going to be at that point. So we got to sit and watch them do the casting process, where they have like swords and props, and they're teaching them how to sword fight, so they can see who's going to be the Nephites and Lamanites. And the Lamanites get spears, and the Nephites get swords. And <laughs> it, it was it was just really cool. And then they have like a dancing section where they
0: and you must have loved that. I
1: loved it. I loved <laughs> it. It was so. I mean, I wanted to get up and dance with them. But
0: and correct me if I'm wrong. Those are you called to serve in that capacity or do you use it, is there like an audition process um, for the actual pageant? Well, you, you said it was two summers. Uh-huh. And so yeah. because your mission's 18
2: months, like yeah. that would exclude some people and yeah. include others. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's kind of a timing so thing. So
1: out of the sisters that come out in the spring, they need three new ones. Cause there's three old ones that served this gotcha. year. Yeah.
0: Cause in my, Or growing up, there was a a gal that got called and she sang or something in it. And I I remember thinking like that was the weirdest thing. She served there, but I thought she was called to serve to sing. Oh, Um, yeah. I I don't know.
1: know. I don't know. But that's what you can, um, I mean people apply to be a part of the pageant. And so they get all these applications in and then the pageant presidency basically prays, and then they start picking applications and
0: transfers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going to say it's it's, operates very much like a mission does. Yeah. Yeah. And
1: then the mission president, we have a fireside right before the pageant starts and he does basically like a, a a talk and then like, okay, I, I set you all apart to be missionaries of the New York Rochester mission now. And so they pretty much are a part of our mission wow. for the time that they're there and there's 800 of them. So Wow. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people. That's awesome. And it's they have it down like clockwork. It is so cool to watch that get put together. The the work crew comes in and they they set up the stage. This is
2: a well-oiled machine.
1: Yeah, the stage is 7 stories high on the hill. It's huge. <laughs> it's so cool and then the light towers come up and then these big semis come in and there's I think there's like seven to 10,000 chairs out there that they set up the chairs and the cast does it all. And so wow. it's just like a well oiled machine that just goes. It's so cool.
0: And what are your feelings or thoughts on why they might be stopping it? Do you know why they're stopping it?
1: I don't. And I think it's. Cause we're
0: I, heartbroken. I'm really <laughs> I wanna sad. I want to go. Yeah, me too. I'm
1: really sad about it. Um, what I wonder is how the community feels about it there because it is such a huge like people come in from all over the world to see it. And so with all the tourism that happens there in Palmyra, it boosts their economy. Yeah. Was, and so, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm sad about it. I don't know why. It honestly it's a lot of work. It yeah. is a lot of work. Yeah. So I don't know if it's kind of a hardship. Might be
0: really stressful for sister the sister too. Chaffee had said, you know, one, it's hard and two, it's hard on like the Actual mountain or it whatever, is, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. maybe the church efforts are better. I didn't think elsewhere.
1: about that, but that could be true, yeah, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they
0: should I just move it a little bit. <laughs>
2: Keep it going,
3: <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. recreate
2: it, <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
3: it was, it's a cool setting because it's literally on the hill Kamora. Mm-hmm. So you're sitting there watching this pageant and just you have this big old hill Camorra right behind it. You have the the monument right up there and everything. It looks really cool. At the end, you like know, just like the Mesa pageant where you have Christ go up. Right. Yeah. That's, that was a really cool thing. We had the opportunity to go like a year or two after we were married. We visited her mission. We're trying. She was, we were trying to get her to go this summer because it's the last yeah. one. But the whole world is shut down, so we're hoping that still will happen.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, it could be canceled.
1: Yeah, I don't depending. know. If, well, I don't yeah, know if they're yeah, going to do kind of it or way. not.
0: Yeah, and I just I just pulled up a picture of the actual pageant, and there's like thousands and thousands of people. You said there's eight thousand chairs. So we said? Yeah. So during one show, there's eight thousand, seven to 10,000. Yeah, to 10,000 people? I'm trying to remember. That's a lot of people. Yeah. That's a ton. Yes. Do you have people. to like, I'm looking at it. Do you have to like use binoculars and stuff?
1: No. Okay. No. It's, it's maybe like, it's just the way this picture taken. I, I probably would. But. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you sit in the back, um.
0: Because it it, it kind of goes back up, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, So it's yeah. almost like a natural auditorium. Yes. Okay.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Maybe it's just the way this picture is taken. I'm just like, this is yeah. huge. And I'm looking at the cast too on the stage
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it looks like there's 200 people yeah. on the stage. That yeah. scene is nuts when, when they're all fighting. Yeah. You're like people
3: falling off of like platforms and getting yeah. thrown like spears. No way. It's legit. And,
1: it is fires so, coming out of it. Really? Nuts. Yeah. They have like padding
0: down there's there, but you can't see. And it, Michael so. Bay falling oh, down. Yeah, Michael Bay's directing. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. I'll be Lame Night Three that Bay falls two stories. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's what the destruction scene. Um, oh. oh yeah. Oh my gosh! There's like fire, like bombs going off, water bombs, and then they have these. It, they're meant to look like rocks. I think they're foam. Oh. Uh-huh. So they have like all these like they like shoot them out of cannons with water and lights, and so it just like. It's so good. I saw the Hilcomore pageant and I was like, not that the Mesa pageant isn't good. There's but,
2: definitely not that much. There's <laughs> yeah, uh, not say. like cannon shooting fake rocks no. out. <laughs> we I, got
1: goats. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Real goats and a donkey.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like this, just the, the entertainment factor of the Hilcomore pageant was like insane. To wow. See the first time, but at the same time, it's so spiritual. And at one point, And we got to watch the pageant as missionaries, um, if we had investigators or less actives come that we were teaching. So we were sitting by the people that were teaching and at the end, um, it's like Jesus Christ at the top and he's all lit up and everybody's looking up at him and it's just so powerful and it ends on this like spiritual high. And one time I watched it and literally nobody moved for like 60 seconds. Like it was the most surreal thing I've ever experienced because you know, this, you would think people would be like, wow, that was great. And like stand up or clap or we've got to
3: just,
0: hurry up and get to the car. Yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. I know. And just
0: in yeah. Awe, just the reverence.
1: Yeah. Everyone was silent and like nobody moved and it seemed like a really long time, but nobody clapped. It was just quiet. And I can't even describe like how cool that was. So it is a really spiritual, spiritual pageant. I'm really sad that they're not doing it anymore.
2: Well, you, you did a great job retelling it. Thank I feel, you. I feel like I definitely feel like I missed something. I definitely feel like I missed something, but now I can imagine. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. So we've we've kind of brushed over your mission president, but it sounds like an awesome guy. Mm-hmm. Mission president's wife. Yeah. Who who were they?
1: Um, so my mission president was um, President Christensen and his wife um, Sister Christensen, and they are from Orem, Utah. He was a institute teacher at UVU. Nice. And so that's how a lot of people know him, but also he's written so many books and done audio talks that you can get at Deseret book and stuff. And so funny enough, I um got my mission call and I was reading this book that my mom had. Um, it's called Life Lessons um, from the Book of Mormon. and I looked at the author and it was my mission president, and I was reading it at the time I got my mission call. <laughs> And do, so do, I was do, like, do. "Yeah, <laughs> it was that crazy?" And so I feel like it was meant to be for me to serve uh, for President Christensen. He was the perfect combination of humor and and being spiritual. It was like he he took he didn't take himself too seriously, but he took the work seriously. And so he was just the coolest and. Um, at one point during one of our trainings, he pulls up a video of Lord of the Rings where it's like, will you ride with me? Do you guys watch Lord of the Rings?
0: I remember that part. Okay. Uh, it's anyway. uh, what's his name? Is it the Rohan? Rohan? I don't know. <laughs> Rohan.
1: Anyways, but I watched Lord of the Rings with my dad a team. few times and I was like, all right, you're cool. And then he was <laughs> <went, laughs> like, basically like, will you like be on my team? Like, will you ride with me? Let's do this kind of thing. And he was just a really, really powerful teacher, um, really motivating. And, um, he just, I would always write in my journal, um, President Christensen said something today that I needed to hear. I really needed it. And so you just knew he was just on point as a mission president. Um, and he was the perfect, just example of, you know, follow, follow the spirit, be obedient. And, um, and so I just loved him so much, but he, uh, left and I had one transfer left. So I had another mission president, um, president and sister Francis, but only for one transfer. And then, um, Uh, that's when I was full proselyting was my last transfer. And so I was all the way out in Buffalo. So I didn't even really get to see my second mission president much, but president Christensen and I, um, yeah, I was, I was meant to be a missionary when he was there because it was just one of those things where I was like, he taught me so much.
0: Isn't that awesome? Like the relationship that is built between the missionary and the mission president.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I think everybody that we've talked to so far has such a a reverence and respect for their mission president. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so cool to to hear all these different, you know, people that have had these different different
2: styles of success as well. But it sounds like he was himself. He sounds like an awesome guy. Yeah. Just that. When, when you're the crazy one in the room, but you're also
0: the leader, you're like, I can follow this guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That's not crazy, but just outgoing. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. I think one of my, my big things in life has always been, I will, I would rather follow a leader that's real than a leader that's right. Mm. And like that's that. how my mission president was. He was, he was very real. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just made it so much easier to, to follow. Yeah. yeah. To ride into battle. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's
2: pretty silly. Um, w- was there any like specific lessons or like themes that he had? It seems like a lot of mission presidents kind of have a theme.
1: Um, a lot of times he would teach us, uh, because of the nature of where we were, a lot of people knew, um, they would get into anti Mormon material. Mm. Um, You're talking
0: elders and sisters or just like the general people, general
1: people that we were teaching. Okay. Okay. And almost every time we would teach somebody the next time we would come back and they'd be like, well, I read this and I heard this and my neighbor told me this. Yeah. And so he really would teach us how to, I don't know for a better word, combat that or like inoculate them to not listen to that and to pay attention to how they're feeling when we teach them. And, um, he really emphasized, um, teaching by the spirit and teaching people, not lessons. Um, and, uh, because we were in the place of the restoration, he, um, he called it, we call it the cradle of the restoration cause that's where it all started. Um, and so he taught us all to be like, it was an honor to serve there. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, we all just felt super privileged to be there. And he would always emphasize, you guys are so lucky to be here. And um, this area needs you. You're here for a reason. And he'd always say, it's all true. And he would pound the pulpit. It's all true. <laughs> <laughs> and so it was the best. It was and the
0: best. How has what he's taught you helped you since your mission has ended or since you've been home?
1: Um, I think for sure watching him teach. um, I've had calling since coming home and young women's and things like that. And so I've had to teach a lot of lessons, um, to youth, especially. And so being able to watch him teach, um, with so much power and being real, like what you're saying, um, I feel like he's helped me be a better, um, leader now, uh, to teach, Uh, People at church um, just by watching his teaching style and, and the power and the spirit that he uses to teach. Um, But also obviously you come home from your mission and trials come and it gets hard and you feel like you're not as good as you were when you were on your mission. And sometimes you have a trial of faith and things like that. But I always just go back to um, just the way that I felt when he would teach us and when we were at those sites. And I know like, no matter how hard things get in my life, I, I could never deny what I felt when I was there. And so because I can't deny those feelings, um, even when I feel like I'm struggling with something, I'm like, I'm never going to fall away from this because I know how I felt. And I I like what Joseph Smith said, I can't deny it.
0: Yeah, that's so important to have not only have those experiences, but like you said, to get to the point where you can't deny it. Mm-hmm. Um, I myself since the mission have been through, you know, every, as everybody does faith crisis or whatever. And same thing, there's certain mm-hmm. things that have happened to me specifically on my mission that I can't deny. So if all else is fake, I can't deny that. So therefore,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you know, it, it's as simple as the, the first couple in the introduction of the book of Mormon, you know, you read this book, you'll know, come to know these three things. You know, Joseph Smith was a true prophet. Christ is our savior. And this is a restored church, restored Church, you know, and it's like as simple as that, you know? And, uh, I think it's so awesome. You know, we hear, like I said, I, I served in Brazil and there would be a lot of people that would hear, Oh, Joseph Smith did this or Joseph Smith did that. And it's just like,
2: <sighs> and it's not strict to Brazil. Like this is our generation, even in the church. Like I have so many friends and Mission companions people are like hey, have you read this or yeah, this is like this makes me not feel good Like what it sounds like your mission president.
4: Yeah
2: said How did you feel when you were learning the truth and then how did you feel when you're learning this? Garbage. Yeah, yeah, like honestly people are like man I, I had a companion. It's like, oh, when you put it that way. Yeah. yeah. He's like, it's the Holy ghost would teach you all things, not the Holy Google. And so like, you, you like, <laughs> that's, that. awesome. that. That, that's Elder Larson right there. <laughs> you, you Google something and you're like, man, like now I don't know how I feel about my testimony. I feel dark. It's like, does God give you those feelings?
1: No. Does there. the truth
2: feel bad? No. So
0: like,
1: therefore yeah. that
0: can't be good. Like that can't be mm-hmm. right. Yeah. But, now this is, a, this might be a, a dumb question but it might be fitting. Was there a certain, so we know the difference between faith and like knowledge, right? So was there a certain like knowledge, like absolute knowledge that came from just serving where you did? And, and again, being in the same airspace, it was like that faith was removed and it became knowledge. Like this, this is it. Like.
1: I think a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit. I, um, oddly enough, uh, that wasn't the first time I had been to those sites.
0: Oh, okay. So you went like as a kid?
1: Yeah. So my mom saved money for 10 years. Every month she would put away money so she could take us kids to, um, those like on a church history trip. Um, and so finally she had it all planned and everything was ready to go well that's when my brother passed away oh, man. It was right before we were supposed to leave um like about a month or two before and so um we decided we were still going to go and so i was 14 when that happened and it was really hard yeah and our family was kind of in a dark place um you know it was just awful <laughs> <It> was <devastating. laughs> yeah yeah and so we just decided to go and so we got to go to those sites and and feel the spirit and the power that's there. And I think it was really healing for us to do that. And so I got to see the missionaries, the sisters giving tours and stuff there. And, and so it was really cool. And I opened my call because I was called to the place where after, you know, probably one of the biggest trials of my life,
2: you sought solace and you found some.
1: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so I feel like I had a testimony as a teenager. Was it super, super strong. I don't know. (laughs) Um, but I did have a testimony. And so the fact that we went to that place after that huge tragedy in our family and felt peace there and a sense of family unity there and that I got to get called back to do that same thing for other families that would come was really, really special. And so it's just, it's special to me for a lot of reasons because I served there, but then also because it was a place of healing and, and peace for my family.
2: And that's also where Joseph Smith, you know, he was told like, Hey Alvin, he's not in a good spot right now. And like you were in the place and you, because of Joseph Smith and what happened there, yeah. you know that Lance is in the right yeah. place, yeah, that, like he's not doomed or whatever, yeah. and, you know, there's, there's, he's progressing on the other side.
1: Yeah. I was talking to my family, um, just about the Smiths cause I too have been reading saints and, um. It feels like I'm reading my site manuals when I read Saints. <laughs> so <laughs>
0: I need to read it.
1: It's really good. And w- weren't I,
0: there movies made of them or something like that? No, no,
1: I don't think so. Oh, not yet. I, I, that'd be cool if that. they came out with some. Yeah. Movies. I didn't mean
0: to sidetrack. Lordy.
1: No, you're yeah, fine. maybe
3: I don't know. I remember so on my Saints is like produced by the church. Okay, I know
2: Saints is a historical f- fiction slash nonfiction. It's based off true events, but not necessarily like it's the all... exact chronological because they kind of come in with
0: different stories, but they're all true events. Everything okay.
1: happened. It's true. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I need to check it out. I just yeah. remember on my mission watching a, a guy, Joseph Smith punch a guy. It was like a movie. Yeah. And it, I don't know what it was. Maybe work in the glory, but yeah. I, anyways, I'm it sorry. It could be working the glory. Hey, Joseph Smith, he's a strong dude. Don't no mess with him. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Anyways, I was talking to my family and I was like, I just feel this really, strong connection um, to the Smith family. And like, I know it's about Joseph Smith and that he was the prophet of the restoration, but it was a family effort. Like you hear all the stories and it was their whole family that jumped in and helped him and supported him without even seeing the gold plates. Like, you know, and eventually some of them did see him, which is awesome. And they became the witnesses. Um, And so that I, I just, I get emotional thinking about their family and being in their homes and, um, yeah, I just, I feel this connection to them because of Alvin passing away. And so I feel this connection to Joseph Smith sometimes. And I'm like, man, like he knows what that's like. And, and just, um, yeah, it was just really cool. At one point in my mission, Bob took us upstairs in the frame home. And if you've ever, you know, if you've heard of The frame home. You can't go upstairs. There's a staircase, but it's like locked off. Nobody Mm -hmm. can go up there. It's not.
2: That's the home that Alvin was helping to build.
1: That he was building. Yeah. And so Bob Mm -hmm. took us up there um, to show us the upstairs and there's like a, a paint handprint. And they don't know if it's uh, one of the Smith children or if it's Lucy's because Lucy was a really small woman. Um, but there's like a handprint that's one of theirs up there, and it's all like,
0: like they dipped it in paint and kind of yeah. Wow. I don't know
1: how I don't know how it happened, but huh. anyways. And the windows up there are the original windows. And so at one point I was up there, and Bob was teaching us about you know this, the framework of the frame home and how Alvin did it and how for that time period how. Hard it would have been to build it that way, um, and just frame that way. It was so cool to learn from Bob those things. But I was standing in front of one of the original windows, and looking out at the Alvin tree, and oh, wow. yeah, and I just like put my hand on that window, and I was like, they were here, like, and I just felt really connected to them and their family, and I still feel that today too. Just being where they were for so long, and and just feeling their spirit there.
2: Yeah, it's beautiful family and. One thing that I learned about Joseph Smith was Lucy would go pray in the sacred grove or like when she wanted to pray and like get revelation, yeah. she would, she would go out. And so that's where he learned, like, this is where I'm going to, this is where I can expect to find an answer. So yeah. there's just I,
0: so much intertwined of their faith and their efforts. I also think like, we're all parents here. How, when Joseph came back, how they were so like, okay, like, oh, I've I, had a I vision. believe you. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, and you know, what's interesting is, and I think about that all the time. I have two daughters and one boy on the way. Right. And so it's like if, if one of them had a spiritual experience and came to me, how would I react? And it was funny. My, my, my four year old, she's hyper social. Right.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> on Monday, she comes to me and goes, dad, I said a prayer. And Heavenly Father told me the coronavirus is gone. Can I invite a friend over? Oh my gosh. So <laughs> and I'm weird. like, well, and I heard her say the prayer and everything. And so I'm like sitting there like, what do I do? You know, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> how do I respond? Sweetie, that's great. You know, but like, but again, going back to Joseph Smith and then and his family, that they were just like, Joseph, we believe you. And Alvin, again, I'm thinking about to the, the videos in the Prophet of the Restoration, as he's dying, says, Do everything you can. Yeah, like I'm getting goosebumps too. supporters. Yeah. You know, and, and Alvin, he, you know, I'm sure they all had their own individual spiritual experiences, but you know, as far as we know, you know, heavenly father and Jesus didn't appear to Alvin, but that they supported Joseph Smith so much in this cause. Cause maybe they all kind of had that same faith crisis. Yeah. You know, senior kind of did, you know, yeah, didn't really belong to any church or.
1: Yeah. They were very spiritual people there. They would read the Bible as a family every night after dinner. Um, And so I think it's cool that um, Lucy, Joseph's mother, was baptized into the Presbyterian church along with a few of his siblings. And then Alvin and his dad and Joseph were not baptized into a church, um, didn't know how they felt about organized religion at the time. Um, And so their family was split that way, where half of them were headed to church every Sunday and half of them were not. But at the same time, they all got together and they read the Bible and prayed as a family every night. And I think that that's really cool. Um, that even though some of them, I mean, it was a confusing time. Like I I don't blame them. All the different preachers and different doctrines being thrown out there and things like that, that would be so confusing. And so I just think about, um, Joseph's upbringing and the fact that he was born into a family that was very spiritual and had a strong faith in God. Um, And so it makes me grateful for his parents that they taught him, you know, to pray. Totally.
0: And and again, we heard in general conference, how many different things had happened to get them and their family to where they were, Mm -hmm. you know, like senior had like fallen on his face like four or five different times. Okay. Let's move here. Let's move here. And then let's, you know, gotten to that point, you know, that I don't know, again, general conference and I'm sure you especially having served there, all I uh, kept on hearing was, you know, I can't, again, I can't remember who said it. I'm horrible with names, but you know, how they thanked Heavenly Father every day for Joseph Smith. Yeah. And again, just how many different things had to. Stars aligned. Yeah. You know, to make it work and that we're so blessed to have what we have today.
2: And And the good thing is with the story is it gets so like all the pieces aligning that you either have to accept it or you have to say, and I think it's good for you as a member to say like, this is crazy and it's hard to believe. So I have to pray about this to figure it out. Yeah. yeah. And
0: it's, and an, an, it's important to talk about the as, as as a kid, you always learn, Oh, Joseph Smith um, said a prayer, heavenly father and Jesus Christ appeared to him. He went to Hill Cumorah and got the place, but there's so much more, so much between every <laughs> single one of those. <laughs> those are all facts, but yeah, everything you know? in between. You yeah. Know. yeah. That, and so it's like, yeah, when, when, when a faith crisis happens and you look at, well, what did Heaven did Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ really appear to Joseph Smith? But then when you get to know the entire picture and all these different moving parts and again, how a senior had to move all over the place to get their family to where they were, and then it's just amazing, you know? And it's like like Jordan said, it's like, okay, everything's kinda lining up, you know. Yeah. He's laying it up for the dunk.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, that's what I just um. The Smith family. I mean, Joseph Senior. He found a ar- an article in a newspaper, new fertile land in New York, and everything yeah. was falling to pieces where they were at. And he was like, "All right." And so it's like, pack your bags, buy small and simple things, <laughs> I guess. And then how they ended up on the land that's what is it three miles to the hill? Camorra, really? Yeah. Like it's just, it's just amazing how like Heavenly Father, they were totally in His hands, and yeah. that they followed the Spirit and did their best. And I'm sure they didn't feel like that all the time because none of us do and oh, they, yeah. they're real people just like us but just by those little little tiny things that they were doing mm-hmm. they brought about this miracle. Yeah,
0: to, I, I just think it's so awesome. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah yeah it's cool.
2: And I think we have those little miracles but maybe we don't write them down as much mm-hmm. but then like when you're on your mission you write down every little thing you're like man like I was so guided as a missionary and mm-hmm. I think life's like that if we'll just take a step back and notice it.
1: yeah. That's why I, um, I've been reading my mission journals just cause I kind of wanted to, to put myself back in like Alex at that time <laughs> of her life, you know, just yeah. to, to, re- and, and so many entries in my journals are, I, we went to this place and they weren't there. And I was so frustrated cause I thought I was following the spirit, but then nobody was there, but then all of a sudden they pull up in their car and they've been gone out of town for two months and we were there when they got home or, this person, we couldn't find them. We didn't, they were never home and the bishop wanted us to reach out to them and we could never find them. Well, we're sitting, teaching a lesson in a park and they come and walk by and, Hey, my name is Jamie, the Jamie we've been looking for. (laughs) And so it's like, Heavenly Father's like, here, you've been looking for this person. Why don't we just plop them down in front of you? Cause you can't find them at home here. Well, you know, it was just, it's cool to read through your mission journals and realize even when you didn't think you were following the spirit or the, that the Lord was leading you, he really was. He really was.
2: Yeah. Sometimes being led is like going into
0: Laban's house and he's like, I'm going to kill you. You're like this isn't right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <like>, yeah no, <laughs> I going back. I don't know why it didn't work the first three times we offered him everything we have. <laughs> uh, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So kind of wrapping
2: up, what, what advice would you give to a missionary that got their call to your mission? <sighs>
1: Um, I would say soak up every moment you can, especially, um, being in those sacred places, um, and to know what an honor and a privilege it is to be a missionary there and to protect that story, um, and to defend the Smith family. That's great advice. Yeah.
0: It is. And one thing we've always asked, um, is if, if you feel comfortable, would you bear your testimony?
1: Yeah. Ooh, been a little bit. Um now I wish I had a cool language to speak, but It's <laughs> <laughs> all good. Um okay. I um I I want to bear my testimony. I I know that the gospel of Jesus Christ is true. I know that Joseph Smith was called as a prophet. Um I know that heavenly Father and Jesus Christ appeared to him in the sacred grove. Sorry. <laughs> I know that the Book of Mormon is true. It's changed my life. It's changed my heart. Um, I know that the gospel is restored for us today um, so that we could have the fullness of the gospel and so that we could feel the love of God so that we can make covenants with him um, so that we could prepare for the second coming of the Savior. I, um, I know that Christ lives. I know that um, this is his work and that um, through his atonement that we, um, that we can be strengthened and able to do the things that Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ need us to do to um, build their kingdom here on the earth and to help help people know that they're loved by God and that no matter who you are or where you come from or what you look like, that you have worth family father and that he wants you home again. And I know that families are forever. And I know, um, I know that, um, all of the things that we've talked about today, um, that they're true and that they really happen, that these are real people. Um, and I'm grateful to them and I'm grateful to my savior. Um, and I love him and I say, he's the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Alex, thanks again for coming on and Christian. Thanks for bringing your wife. You, you, you Christian spoke very highly of you. I don't know. But you,
0: <laughs> I, I hope you listen to did. it. I, <laughs> I of, did. So. I did. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: but, uh,
0: yeah, I can see why. Yeah. And, and, we just heard on a general conference that the Democratic Republic of Congo is getting a temple. Yeah, yeah. getting a temple. Lubumbashi. Yeah. So, so congrats. Cool. So Very cool. Times for those the, the work moves forward. It does. It does. I, I, real quick and ramping up, I think last week or last episode we had issued a challenge, and I want to do the same thing. And this one's going to be a little bit different. Um, one always, if you if you want to share this episode with with somebody that you think would benefit from it, go right ahead. Um, you can find it on iTunes or SoundCloud, um, Spotify, and on our website, www.herebycall.com. But also, I think one thing that is has kind of hit me recently, I, I think it's, and we've heard it in the last general conference, really study the restoration. Come to know it in its fullness. I mean, we, we just heard the, the new proclamation. Study that. It's mm-hmm. a new scripture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I feel like I need to go back and reread it. And so... Well, those are my challenges for everybody. <laughs> those are great challenges.
2: Again, herebycalled.com We're on uh, Facebook, Instagram. Follow us to see what we're doing, what we're posting, and we'll, we'll post this on Sunday. Yeah, thanks, guys. Thanks.